Sports. It's the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Sack and alongside my good friend and co-host Travis Krenza. Travis, good evening. It's basketball season finally. I'm finally into it after many months of not. That's good. Well, yes, that is very good. Uh, we will get to the college basketball talk. But first, uh, you alluded to it in the podcast last week that by the time most people would listen to it, Mookie Betts oh, would no longer be a Boston Red Sox. And that is the case. He is an L.A. Dodger, though it took a little longer than what we thought. The trade initially went down, I believe, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, didn't it was get... Tuesday night, and then uh, it finally got done uh, Sunday. Yeah, so uh, that, that uh, that's kind of a crazy deal. Um, it just so Mookie Betts goes to the Dodgers, but um, you know the Dodgers send a, a good outfielder in return, and apparently another couple of other prospects. Um, or were the prospects were the other two prospects part of the deal initially? I didn't see that right away, but it sounds like the, the uh, Red Sox got three players yeah. in total. Alex Verdugo and Jeter Downs are really the guys that you got to know. I mean, those three, those two guys are the prime pieces here. So, unfortunately, and then somehow the Twins got roped into it here. They get, uh, uh, is it Kenta Maeda? Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda. Well, you know well, Give me a B-plus for effort here. Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers, and then they had to send... Uh, Gratterall, Gratterall, Brewster Gratterall, Gratterall, yes, good. So I'm, I'm two okay. for two then. There we go, Gratterall, to 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 the Red Sox. He's one of the better Twins prospects, and that's then you know he had some Tommy John surgery, or whatever, a few years back, and the Red Sox were like, oh, we we got cold feet on this trade here. It could be because the reaction to the trade was so overwhelmingly negative from Red Sox fans, and rightfully so. I mean, you're getting rid of arguably one of the best Red Sox players ever, like in the last decade or so. Um, I mean, and this is just something that a Boston team wouldn't do. Uh, So they end up balking at this. So the Twins pull out of the deal. So it's really just Mookie Betts and David Price going to the Dodgers. Uh, for the aforementioned um, Jeter Downs and um, Alex, whatever. Alex Rodrigo. Alex Rodrigo, thank you. Um, and then the Dodgers, in a separate trade, get, they actually get Gratterall, and the the Twins still get uh, Mejeda. So, I mean, it, 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 I guess it ended up working out, and it actually was probably better for the Twins. But let's just start with the Mookie Betts trade of this first to the Dodgers. Obviously, this is a huge get for the Dodgers, even though it is on a one-year rental, essentially, and unless they can come up with a with an offer that Mookie Betts likes, and he seems to be want to be pushing that four hundred million dollar um, ceiling that he could potentially get, uh, the Dodgers would be one of the few teams that could do that. But from that standpoint, starting right there. It's a huge get for the Dodgers, right? I mean, this this puts them in the world. They are without question the right. This is without makes them without question the NL the, the favorites in the NL. I mean, they you know they've been there a lot in recent years. They've been the team in the National League, and they just can't win it. They're the Atlanta Braves of this uh, era of this decade, and uh, they're the favorite every year, and they win that division 
pretty easily. They win five, six, seven years in a row, whatever it's going to be. And uh, they want to finally do it. They want to finally get there. And it seems like they're upset every year when they do that. Mm-hmm. So they've got Mookie Betts, and they give up a couple of prospects, and they're going, they're continuing to, they're just so deep. They're always just so deep. You've got a guy like Kenta Maeda, who was going from the bullpen to the rotation and kind of back and forth, and he's obviously good enough to be a full-time starter. And they've got other guys like that where, like, yeah, I'd like you on my team to be a starting pitcher, and these guys are kind of doing mop-up duty out of the bullpen. So they're a very deep team, and, uh, yeah, Mookie Betts two years ago won MVP, and two years ago may have, may have challenged Bryce Harper for best uh, player in baseball, or at least the best season back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Didn't have as good of a year last year, but was still good. And, yeah, whatever contract he's going to get uh, next offseason is going to be probably the biggest ever, you know, 300 Fifty million, I would put as the ceiling on that one. So over three hundred million, and uh, we, we will see uh, see what type of season he has, what type of contract he gets. And I mean, the Dodgers are head and shoulders the best team in the NL. I mean, in the gap between them and the second best team, which would I think we could say would be the Braves, or would you maybe put the Nationals in there? Yeah, Braves, the uh, Nationals lose Rendon, but they still won the World Series finally. Central is probably the most intriguing division because you've got the, the Cubs, who are usually good, and you've got the Cardinals, like who won that division last year, and you got the Brewers, and everybody's favorite now is Cincinnati. So yes. everybody in that division is competing now against Pittsburgh. So, But yeah, the Dodgers, uh, favorite, and they probably put the Braves up there too. So the the gap though between those two is significantly larger than in the AL, where the Yankees, I believe, I mean the, the Yankees are have the the clear aspirations of winning the World Series like the Dodgers do. Like this is the like we're on a collision course for Yankees Dodgers in the World Series, except that for on on the AL side, the Astros have a the gap between the Ast- the the Yankees and the second best team in the league, the Astros, is significantly smaller than that on the yep. NL side. And even, you know, you have the Twins in there. Now, unfortunately for the Twins, you still have that one little uh, detail of beating the Yankees in the playoffs, which they will have to do. And not even just beat them in a series. Just win a freaking game for once. Yeah. But uh, with the Twins, the you had sent me the numbers between Maheda and Wheeler, and mm-hmm. they're very similar, and the Dodgers are... Paying the twins what some ten million dollars uh, towards the salary, so this is this works out, and he immediately bolsters the starting rotation. I mean, it didn't. You could get just about anyone, and it would probably have bolstered the rotation. But this is a very good get for the twins. But at what cost? Because to lose one of your better prospects for a guy who will be, what, the third best pitcher on the staff? Could he be the second? I mean, Barrios is the ace. Where can, where does Mejeda fall in, in, in line there? Because you have Barrios, you have Odorizzi. He would be the third guy. Is is the loss of Gratterall too much for a, th- for a third in the rotation starting pitcher? Yeah, time will tell. And if, he, if he's only a reliever then I'm much better with this deal. Yes. 
it was obviously more value throwing 180 innings than just maybe 70 innings a year. I would expect he'll be in the Dodgers bullpen here, and maybe that's just where he stays at. Uh, when I first heard about the trade, I was like, all right, we need a little bit more than Kent and Maeda for like our best pitching prospect, and we didn't get that. So that was a little disappointing. I thought we could maybe have gotten somebody better than Kent and Maeda, who's ERA-wise basically been league average for his four seasons. So he's been a good pitcher, slightly above average most uh, most of the way. So I thought they could have, I wish they would have gotten more from him, but when you think about prospects, especially on the pitching side, the only guy that in really the last 10 years, 10, 12 years that they've had that's been worth a damn has been Barrios. Mm-hmm. Other than him, there's been no pitching prospects that you would say, oh man, I can't believe we lost out on him. Right, and uh, even even the lineup, as good as it is, I mean, you've got Kepler and Rosario and Buxton and Sano and Polanco. Virtually the entire lineup is guys they drafted or signed um, and came through the system. And there's not really one of those guys where like, oh, I, yeah, I wish we would have kept him. And they're all very good in their own ways, mm-hmm. but they've never they've never traded that top top prospect before. Four guy like Maeda, he's 30, 31. Uh, he's been around for four years now, and you kind of know what to expect from him. And if the Twins get that, then that's fine, and that's good. Again, significantly all, cheaper than Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, way cheaper than everybody likes Zach Wheeler because uh, of potential, even though he's nearly 30 years old and he's not a year younger, maybe a year, year and a half younger than Bumgarner. Bumgarner's been around for a decade, and Wheeler's just getting going because of injuries. And I don't know if people think like Wheeler's going to take this next step up, which I don't expect. But yeah, for the price of about twelve and a half million for four years, probably going to be closer to the twenty million range with uh, different bonuses and things like that. Uh, but then you got the ten million dollars, and I think for me, the ten million dollars is nice to where I hope that it's part of their trade deadline money. So, all right, we need another pitcher or we need whatever we need. Mm-hmm. Let's use this $10 million to supplement that, to take on salary or to pay for a trade piece coming up. Well, the Polads still are like, the, I think they're like the richest owners or among the richest owners yeah. in baseball. So they have the money if they so choose or so chose to spend it. Um why is the the opinion on Gratterall so different in terms of oh is he going to be a reliever or is he going to be a starting pitcher? Like it wouldn't it shouldn't it be pretty cut and dry if you're a top end prospect what your role is going to be either in the starting rotation or the bullpen? Why is it it just I guess confuses me a little bit as to why people are not why they're saying some are saying oh he's going to be a bullpen guy and others like oh he could be starting rotation like. Shouldn't we know this already with him? He's always been a starter. He had Tommy John years ago, three, four years ago, many years ago at this point. He was hurt for a little bit, missed a month or two this season. So he was a starter early on last year, was out for, for an extended time, and they brought him back as a reliever. Okay. And they called him up, and they called him up at the end of last year. He pitched, you know, 10 or 12 innings. 
as a reliever. He did okay. And the plan, apparently, this year was to have him pitch in the bullpen. Okay. For whatever reason. Still very young at 21. Um, I would have preferred, if it was my choice, not knowing the, the particulars, but I would think it would seem to make sense that you send him back down to the minors, you have him be a starter, and then, you know, for a couple months into the season, you call him up as a starter. So, we'll share in with the Dodgers. I assume he's going to be in the bullpen as well. So, I just think there's more value in him as a starting pitcher. He can throw under miles an hour, or at least upper 90s. I would always take a starter over a, a reliever. Yep. So, and with the Red Sox, I didn't understand their thought process. It was, all right, you don't want this guy? Okay, we'll just give him to the Dodgers for the pitcher we were going to get anyway. So the Red Sox had even less than what they received to begin with. And they could have received the guy. It's still it's the Boston Red Sox. This is not an organization that you are accustomed to seeing them trade away their big stars. They're the ones that bring the big stars in, not the other way around. And you're right with Gratterall I do, with regards to the Red Sox. And that's why I wondered if the trade with the Dodgers, if, if they had thrown in another prospect or two, because I had just heard about Alex Redugo, the, the outfielder, uh, I hadn't heard about the other two guys, uh, the other two prospects. So that's why I wondered if maybe that if if uh, it got sweetened a little bit here with that. Um, so again, the Red Sox. This is not a good look at all. Um, I, I I I just think this is a, t- a very bad sign for them, and they aren't going to compete anyway in this division. The Rays are going to win uh, the. The or the the Rays are going to be in the playoff hunt. The the Yankees are going to win that division in all likelihood. So it wasn't guaranteed that the Red Sox were even going to make the playoffs. They didn't last year, but this is still a this is a bad bad look for them. I think. I'm fine with what the Red Sox did. I was listening to one guy said it was bad for baseball. This one guy he had he hasn't had it's his least interesting he's ever been in baseball, which is fine. But I would have brought up, look at Strasburg's contract, look at Garrett Cole's contract, which is the biggest ever for a pitcher. Just a few days after, Strasburg's was the biggest ever for a pitcher. And Manny Machado got a lot of money, and Bryce Harper got a lot of money. And a lot of big contracts, and again, those teams are San Diego and Miami, teams nobody think are big markets. And they gave out those big contracts here recently. And Mookie Betts is going to get a huge $300 plus million dollar deal coming up uh, next year. So baseball is in a good spot, at least financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Red Sox, they can get under the luxury tax so they can save some money there, not be taxed so much. And then they clear $60 million worth of salary for a guy 
that they weren't going to sign anyway. So I'm good with that strategy of getting rid of the guy that wasn't going to sign with you anyway to get something for him. Mm-hmm. So I like I like the trade from all three aspects, and we'll see how it goes. Um, so I guess I'm I'm fine with the trade. It makes sense for me all the way around. From the diamond, we go to the hardwood and the NBA trade deadline was last week a number of trades happened the Timberwolves were part of a four-team trade that I mean the Timberwolves their roster is stripped bare uh, like down to the bone essentially apart from Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Okogi a lot of new guys coming in but the big trade that was made on the trade deadline day itself didn't involve a contender it involved the Minnesota Timberwolves trading Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors for D'Angelo Russell, a guy that the the, the Timberwolves were infatuated with during free agency and should have gotten. I, I still think it was a debacle to begin with how they didn't get him in free agency, but they do get D'Angelo Russell. They trade Wiggins. They trade a first-round draft pick, a protected first-round draft pick in 2021, top three protected. It's unprotected in 2022. It's very confusing the way the NBA does this, uh, their draft picks and whatnot. Um, and then also a 2022, I think, second round pick or a 2021 second round pick for D'Angelo Russell. And this is exactly what Carl Anthony Towns wanted. He wants to play with his boy, uh, D'Angelo. So that's big. And this seems to have re-energized the Timberwolves team because they went out and you know just throttled the Clippers on I believe it was Saturday this is a big trade this is good for both teams it's going to help the Timberwolves unfortunately this year it's just going to hurt their chances at getting a top lottery pick and get uh, like Obi Toppin who I really like the guy from Dayton it's going to set them up really well next year and for the Warriors this sets them up very well down the line uh, in 2021 to get a, a pretty a pretty good uh, high-end talent there in either 2021 or 2022. Very disappointing season for the Timberwolves, and they played great. On Saturday night, they played great, and they probably lose to Toronto here, but just what, it was 75-74 at halftime versus Toronto, just an insane score, and uh, this new team is playing well two games in so they got the guy they wanted they got rid of everybody literally everybody else except uh, Okogi and a couple other bench guys so it's a brand new team they couldn't have done much worse so I think it's a good move for them I think they get another move where I think both teams both teams benefit and with the Timberwolves they are shedding salary they are creating space to make a run at a big name free agent i believe it will be in the summer of 2020 this uh rosas guy or whatever the, the guy from san antonio that they have running the front office now uh he seems very shrewd but he knows what he's doing now in saying that i just don't know how you're gonna get anybody to get uh, i just don't know how you're gonna get anybody to minnesota that's exactly that was exactly like, where who, i was gonna who have go they ever signed who have they ever ever signed They've always drafted a guy or they've traded for a guy. I don't know, like the Twins. I don't know who you who is considered the greatest free agent signing in Timberwolves history. I have no idea. Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell. Yeah. 
who's who's been better than those two? I, I don't. I mean, it's if they haven't drafted them or traded for them, nobody wants to live in Minneapolis. Right. They just don't. Yep. Which is a shame. That's a big part of. It's a big part. Of it. Yes, it, it it absolutely is. And that was the question I was going to ask. Is I mean, you're doing all this, but who can you get to play with? The with with Cat and D'Angelo Russell. Now the thing of it is, it doesn't seem like it matters where you know these trios are ending up these days. You know, guys are going to team up. Uh, the left tandems and trios. Really want to go somehow. Yes. Um. So with that being said, it certainly could work in Minnesota. It if you're looking though in the future, how? Where do the Timberwolves stack up in the Western Conference? Because you got to imagine the Spurs are going to drop back. I mean, they, they already have, kind of. I don't know how long Houston's going to be able to keep this up, but Memphis looks like they're going to be around for a while. I've, I think Sacramento is eventually going to get in here. The Clippers and the Lakers aren't going anywhere for a while. Um, who knows? The Thunder have been awfully impressive. We'll see if they can continue. Uh, Trailblazers, Jazz, the Nuggets. I mean, the, it, I like the Golden. I like the Golden State Warriors. Yes. To win it next year, so I like them. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, they don't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson this year, so they're going to be right back in it. Oh. Dallas has Luka Doncic and uh, the the unicorn Kristaps Porzingis. So where is where is how are the Timberwolves going to get through the gauntlet that is the Western Conference? They they're going to have to get a some guy to complete the trio. I just don't know who it would be that would be able to take him over the top. I mean, it's very tough. Even when they were an eight seed when they made the playoffs a couple of years ago and they barely got in, it came down to the last game against the Nuggets. And yeah, no, I mean, Oklahoma City is probably the most surprising team there. Pretty good. Oklahoma City is. And they're, they're in the mix. They're a game behind Houston. Who the hell would have thought the Thunder were a game behind Houston? Yeah. So... Yeah, there's, there's not many open spots in the West, so even if they get somebody good, can they even make the playoffs, it's going to be tough. Looking at the free agent class, there's nothing that really stands out. And Anthony Davis, I mean, he'll be with the Lakers again. You got Brandon Ingram, I guess, would be the best player. Brandon Ingram, DeMar DeRozan. A lot of these guys have player options, which they'll probably forego to get a lot of money. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is your third best guy. It, it's not a good free agent class, I don't think. Right. If you're looking for a an all-star level guy, who, who's out there that's an all-star level guy? I don't you know. Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, DeMar DeRozan, you have Andre Drummond. Um, do you want him? Uh, besides that, there's not an all-star in the bunch here. Who would be that guy? Who who do you think would be the best player that the Timberwolves could get? A lot of these guys are restricted free agents too. Like Gallinari with the Thunder. I mean, Gordon Hayward's got a player option. If there's not a lot out there, there's there's not. Whoever you're gets going to get be the number third guy here, Serge Ibaka. You want Serge Ibaka? No, no. Like, who, who do you want here? I mean, who? There's, there's nobody. Do you want like a big center guy? Do you want a shooter? Uh, there's a guy named Joe Harris with the Nets. No, he's a great three point. He's a great three point shooter. I wouldn't. 
mind that. Well, that's fine. Well, I, the, I don't know like, who you're going to get. The, that's fine if you want to add those guys, but those aren't like the big piece of those. Those aren't the reasons why you open up the the roster spot. Those aren't the reasons why you sh- you know you shed salary to add a Joe Harris to the team. Now that big that that that, that big name's not out. Right. It just just Anthony Davis, no. if. If I mean he's not he hasn't signed with the, an extension with the Lakers yet, I I mean it's I, I'm not going to hold my breath for it. But what if he says, "Hey, I want to team up with Cat." I mean, no. would that be something? He wants to team up with LeBron James. That's yeah. what he wants. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, one other NBA note uh, here before any other trades, I should say that uh, that caught your attention. Uh, Marcus Morris or the Marcus Morris went from what the Knicks to the Clippers. Yes, he did, it, along with I Isaiah Thomas, he, who got waived. I thought he's probably the best player of like significance that's actually going to matter. He averages almost twenty points a game, and he's had a couple of really good years. And so I think that was probably the best guy for a contender. Nobody in the East did anything. Lakers didn't do anything. Clippers got Marcus Morris. So I would say that was probably the biggest impact move, I thought. 76ers really didn't do much. Uh, the Lakers didn't do anything. Uh, and you know, Andre Iguodala went to Miami. and uh, I hate him. I don't know. I know you hate him. I don't, I don't think he's going to matter much. He's just, he's old, hasn't played, hasn't played in a long time. And the $30 heat million, dollars, or at least 15 just this year. It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, Miami, I don't consider Miami a legitimate threat. You've got Milwaukee and kind of everybody else, like Philadelphia, just now, Philadelphia just hasn't, hasn't reached. Uh, what everybody thought they would. They've been a disappointment. You have Toronto, which has surprised the hell, I think, out of everybody this year. Yeah, I was just uh, going to mention them. Uh, they've won 14 in a row. If they beat the Timberwolves here as we're recording this, it'll be 15. Like, it's and, gonna, uh, if it's not Milwaukee, then only other teams I could see is maybe Boston and Toronto. I wouldn't. Philadelphia just hasn't shown, shown it. And I, I mean, I wouldn't put anybody else there. I'd say probably. 70% Milwaukee, 20% Boston, 10% Toronto at this point for me. What's the biggest surprise in the NBA this year? What's the bigger surprise, the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Toronto Raptors? Those are the two for me. I would say the Raptors because I thought Oklahoma City would be good or at least average. I didn't think Toronto would be very good at all. But they're they're. they're Good. Yeah, they're right up there. So it's not like they're struggling to make the playoffs. They are going to make the playoffs. They might win that division. So they've surprised me. I'd say more so than Oklahoma City. Biggest disappointment then I'm gonna ask this now. I'm gonna give you three teams. The Portland. The the seventy sixers, the Nets and the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers, I mean you reach a conference final last year, everybody's back and just isn't there this year. Lillard, I forgot to mention Lillard these past couple of weeks, the run that he's been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most three-pointers in a five or six-game stretch for him. He had 48 threes. In six games, and 40, 50-point games, just keep on going. So he's been great, and that's probably what they're going to need. So it, them and Memphis for that last spot, which would be a good little 
I think Portland probably get it. But uh, yeah, well, Memphis and what they've got going on. So they're, they're a team on the come. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, Portland probably your your disappointment. I would agree with that. Um, any other NBA talk that we need to get to? All-Star game next weekend, I believe, in Chicago. This weekend, yeah. Next weekend, uh, Zach Levine. Not in, is it this weekend or next weekend? No, it's this weekend. The It's Valentine's <laughs> weekend. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Wow. So this weekend, Zach Levine's on the dunk contest in Chicago. At the, I mean, what what are you doing there? So yeah, I mean, they got this all star game and think, yeah, whatever. Man, probably not gonna watch a lot of it. So I won't watch any of it. You're you're just a hater of all basketball at the professional level. Yes, pretty much, pretty much. That's right. Uh, before we get, to, uh, let's go to the college ranks here. Uh, not to college basketball first. Uh, we'll, we'll get to college basketball because there's plenty to get to there. But uh, there's college football news that we need to discuss. Really? Mark D'Antonio resigned from Michigan State this last week. Um, peculiar time. He resigned the day before National Signing Day, which it, it used to be the big National Signing Day, and now there's the other National Signing Day in December that gets more uh, hubbub than... Uh, than the real this official national signing day, um, but he resigns. He also he also retired like a week or two after he got some big bonus. So that's good good for him for playing the system. He got like a four or five million dollar bonus a month ago. So good the, ti- for him. the timing is so peculiar though because there's a lawsuit I guess filed by one of the staffers and you know the the Michigan State athletic program is. Uh, got a huge cloud over it with that, uh, you know, Dr. Larry Nasser and the, the U.S. gymnastics coach and the or the team doctor and like sexually assaulting people and stuff. Like it, it's a nasty situation. And Mark D'Antonio's team is far from uh, model citizens. They've they've had a lot of uh, off field issues as well. So this seems to me like he's dodging something here. Like he's getting out before the real shit storm happens. Yeah, they're just saying that they haven't been good for a few years here. So he's out of town, and it doesn't appear anybody wants this job. Everybody's saying no. So I would assume what Mike Tressel, like whatever your relation is to Jim Tressel, um, he's their interim coach. I think it was their defense coordinator, but he's their interim coach, and I would expect him to be the coach because nobody else wants this job. Uh, Luke Fickle with Cincinnati was like the main guy, and he said no. So, they'll go with the guy that's on staff, I would think. What does that say about Michigan State that someone wouldn't leave Cincinnati for a party? Uh, like, he's done a good job there, Luke Fickle in Cincinnati. They were in the running for the for that group of five yeah. big conference, you know, the, the big, big uh, Power Six Bowl or the Group of Six Bowl, whatever the hell you want to call it, New Year's yep. Day bowl game. So yep. he's in the mix there. And then you would think, yeah, Big Ten School, Cincinnati. But he could maybe do better than that in there. I think Cincinnati's recruiting class, I know, is better. Mm-hmm. At least ranked better than Michigan State. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not good. Michigan State was kind of a team you could count on. And now it's been, it's been a couple of years. They're 
where they've you know been a five hundred team, and now they can't can't fill this spot. Or I guess their Brett Bielema might be interested. He's with the Giants now. Ooh, jeez. So uh, yeah, so we're going we're going that direction. So kind of late in the game. So we uh, we'll see what happens. The other news uh, that I at least paid a little more attention to because of my um, fandom for Virginia Tech is head coach Justin Fuente has essentially said that anyone who enters the transfer portal is no longer back. With You can't come back to the team after you enter there. And it's a new team policy. He said that they discussed it last year. Virginia Tech had a bunch of players do it last year, and then some backed out, like a like Malik Hooker, or, what, or not Malik Hooker, but their uh, they're starting quarterback, he was in the portal and then came back, which is fine. But I think they had some like 18 or 19 guys that are, that are in the portal this year. And I don't know if it speaks more to the players and, the, you know, the society, the culture we live in where you know, if we're not, if you're, they're not getting their way, they immediately want to transfer and go somewhere else. Like, oh, it's too tough for me. Or does this speak more to a problem that Justin Fuentes has as being the head coach of Virginia Tech? Is it something that he's doing that's causing these players to leave? Um, I, 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 I don't know how I necessarily feel about this. I feel like Fuentes is probably more of the reason, but I don't. I have nothing well, behind that. Reading this here, it sounds like it may have been taken out of context. Uh, he may have said, "We'll take it on a case by case basis." So, oh, yeah, that uh, that's it, definitely not how it was. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so well, this may not be what it was perceived to be originally, and. So I'm going to say I'm going to go with case-by-case basis. And he may have talked with Baylor about their job, which if he did, and he thinks, you know, says what he said, it's like, well, he's a hypocrite there. Because if you can walk out anytime, these players should be able to as well. So, like, the players have so little say in all of this. So I'm, I'm glad that this transfer portal thing is a thing now. It kind of sucks, but... You know, if you can go somewhere else and better yourself, I mean, look at Matt Mooney, uh, look what he did, and you look at uh, all these other guys. I mean, you look at the the final four teams in uh, college football this year, and those quarterbacks, and Joe Burrow transfers, and uh, Justin Fields transfers, and Jalen Hurts transfers, and all these guys, some were grad transfers, some just graduate transferred because they were stuck behind the depth charts, so... Mm -hmm. I'm fine with you going anywhere in which you can actually play, not be stuck on the bench. I'm fine with them going anywhere where they can actually show what they can do, maybe even play play in the NFL. This this story by Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com it has has uh, Virginia Tech having 12 players enter the transfer portal. I believe it's grown since then, or if you included the season, it's been. Uh, a little higher than that. And yeah, it, it says, you know, Fuente says, oh, that uh, they won't be allowed to return. But then he says, take it on a case-by-case basis. Either way, it's a, it's an interesting take. Um, 
again, it, 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 there's a number of different situations that lead up to someone going into the transfer portal. So it, I guess, yeah, you do have to take it on a case-by-case basis, but I do think it does – there should be alarm alarms going off and, uh, and a red flag being raised by the school, by the athletic department, if you're seeing these many – this many players leave uh, with Fuente. I mean, obviously, your on-field uh, play speaks for itself, and he's done an okay job, but certainly not, I think, to the level that the fans there in Blacksburg want or expect. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's weird. I don't know how necessarily to feel about it. I really don't. It's, it's, it is what it is now. It's the new normal. A lot of people are going to transfer. So from there, we go to... Um, oh, yeah, boots, sorry. Boots, boots just had a pose. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do I need I to pull it up? Get, uh, I can't even begin to comment on it. It's so... I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. All I got to say is he was born 60 years too late. Should have been born like in the 30s or 40s. Wow. Um, I think it'd be a lot happier. Okay. Yeah. We won't even get into that. Um, Speaking of college basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, this. So you picked a good week to really start getting into college basketball. Let me tell you. Thank God. Thank the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl. So I have some money to play around with because apparently that's the only way I can get into this. Shit anymore is to, to bet your way $10 into it. <laughs> put ten dollars on Florida State to cover the eight and a half points at Duke. So I'm happy about that, and I should have enough money, and I'm smarter now and not putting it all on one game. Fun. I mean, you know, not not it for for winning the money, just in it. All right. Hopefully, you win more than you lose. You make more money than you lose week by week. And that we can watch the final month of the season here, and I can be on form as we head towards uh, the best time of the year. Auburn's my team of the week. They win two overtime games this week in thrilling or last week in thrilling fashion. They beat Arkansas 79-76 on Tuesday, despite Mason Jones for Arkansas scoring 40 points. I mean, he's just a man possessed, and yet somehow Auburn escaped with the victory. There are lots of good college. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan on. Tuesday was at least close. Uh, I mean, that's got the Penn State upstates, uh, upsets Michigan State at home uh, in East Lansing. So that was big. So you had some big games there on Tuesday. On Wednesday, just scrolling through here, what do we got? Uh, Butler with edged Villanova by three points. Purdue beat the hell out of Iowa. 104 I saw a little bit of that Purdue game. I'm like, holy hell. Now Purdue, they're, Purdue, they're in the mix. Like that, they destroyed. Destroyed. They if they lo- if they lost that game, they weren't going. To, they would be on the outside looking in. They're firmly, I think, going to be in there now in Iowa. When you aren't, when they aren't playing in Iowa City, they just don't play very well. And that's a shame because that's a very talented. Team. That's a team that I think could make it to the second weekend of the NCAA they missed, tournament. Dude, Luca Garza. Luca Garza. Yes. He's he's a beast. He's a behemoth of an individual. Uh, I mean, he, he's fantastic. It, it seems like a very weak year for player of the year. You got the guy from Dayton. You got a guy from Seton Hall. Yes. You got some rando from Iowa. 
enjoy. Probably one of those three guys are going to win Player of the Year, a guy from Iowa, Dayton, and Seton Hall. <laughs> this is not Ion Williamson. That no. is for sure. No, this is this is the year of co- in college basketball in which we live in. I mean, it's just it's it's like who's the big star in college? There really isn't one. Like who's the? I couldn't even name you. Like Zion was the guy last year. Yes. It seems every year there's a few guys. Yep. There isn't that guy this year. Like, oh yeah, college basketball guy. This guy. Like, well, your your, your best teams are San Diego State, Baylor, and or not. Yeah, Baylor, Dayton, and Gonzaga. And like, Kansas. Well, Kansas would be the other number one seed, as yeah. it was unveiled by the committee on Saturday on CBS. Baylor and Texas are at the half, twenty-two to sixteen. Baylor's ahead, twenty-two to sixteen. It makes uh, the, the Wisconsin-Ohio State game Sunday look like fucking uh, Warriors and Cavs. Like, what is this? I hope uh, Shaka Smart has a, has a, is starting to pack his boxes because he's gone. It's uh, not good. But Saturday, so you have Auburn coming back from 10 down to LSU. Like, LSU, very talented team, but they cannot put people away in the second half of the games. And Auburn hits a bunch of threes late. Like this, I was so I watched a lot of this game, a, a lot of this game late. Like with a couple minutes to go, I see it's oh 52 I'm gonna flip over and see if Auburn can come back. And boy, did they ever! And then back and forth in overtime they go. Fantastic game. Uh, Auburn, I think, is, can make that Final Four run again this year. Uh, they aren't quite as talented but they're very resilient and you know they beat Kentucky they beat Arkansas on the road they beat a good LSU team at home that's good but then is it like it you know Duke and North Carolina of course it's a rivalry it's it's the best rivalry in college basketball you could say arguably it's the best rivalry in all of sports I'd say it's it should be right up there with the best and they said here hold my beer because (laughs) They put together, North Carolina's leading this game the majority of the way. They're up by five with 20 seconds left. And then Duke just decides to come back. And then Trey Jones, Trey Jones, yes, misses a free throw on purpose, hits the rim, and it comes right back to him. And he just goes back and drains a jumper to force overtime. And then he makes the game-winning shot in in overtime to get the win for Duke. It just... Unbelievable game. Unbelievable. I didn't see any of it, but I saw the highlights, of course. But, like, when, when they play, Carolina's gotten better now. They got some guys back, and they almost beat Florida State uh, last week, and they almost beat Duke. So they should at least be competitive here down the stretch, not be a complete pushover with everybody back. But uh, Duke, they barely got past Florida State tonight. That was a pretty good game, I thought. Yep, yep. So Florida State's yeah, legit. No, I don't know it, like a whole lot about, but uh, they got good. they got this Forest guy. He's very good. Um, yeah, Florida State's very legit. Deep. They they play a bunch of guys. They're very deep. They're usually a bunch of. Uh, they're usually good defensively. I think they're better offensively than they have been. They usually guys just got a bunch of guys with long arms, and that's not so much the case this year. But yeah, Florida State, Leonard Hamilton, it feels like they've been good for a while now. Yes. And nobody really talks about them, and they're, they're there in the top ten. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, Florida State is very good. Don't get me wrong here. Going to Duke, though, is Duke a, is Duke a serious national championship contender? I don't know. Like, it's one of those years where, like, there's probably a lot of teams you could say, oh, yeah. It seems like it's a few or a little. Like, Duke, I suppose, because they're Duke, like, in San Diego State, for real, they haven't played anybody. I think this in- year they are, but I don't know if I can pick them to win it. But their best wins were like against Creighton and BYU and Iowa. It's like, well, like I was looking at it, and somehow with this net rating thing, yeah, like San Diego State was one, Gonzaga may have been two, and Kansas was three. I think Kansas has the best resume of anybody. They've got two losses, but they've got they're like ranked the third best schedule. And they've beaten a lot of good teams, so I don't know how they figure it out, but I don't know how San Diego State, with the not a great schedule, mm-hmm. with your losses, ranked above Kansas. The Kansas is twenty and three right now. They have a oh, their best win is an overtime win against Dayton, uh, yeah. and I they will lose another game coming up here when they play. West Virginia, that is coming up on the 12th. So was that Wednesday? That's Wednesday. They will lose that game. Uh, Just going to call it right now. And then they have to play Baylor again. Uh, That's in Waco. They will lose that one. So they're going to lose, I think, at least two more times. Like Baylor. Like, do we trust SDSU? Do we trust Baylor? No. Do something here? Like, you got a lot of teams at the top where you're like, I don't know about that. Gonzaga, I I trust Gonzaga. I'm, I mean, I'm probably taking them to the, to the Final Four. That's really the only team right now that I feel confident in. I'm going to take Gonzaga to go. I want, I want to take Dayton to the Final Four, but I don't know if I can. I want to take Seton Hall to the Final Four. But Do it! Why not? I, I, do I, it! If you think they're good, just do it! I, I think I might have to, but they they have routinely, year after year, like just come out terrible in the tournament. Like They just come out with bad losses. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is different. I mean, Miles Paul is tremendous. Romero Gill is a big man. He can block shots like no one's business. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is different for Seton Hall. I always try to remember the previous year's tournament, or at least how I felt. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I just take favorites because at least once in a while, all the favorites are going to win. And you're at least going to. And if you want to do well, you I mean. Nobody could have predicted last year with Auburn and Texas Tech and all those teams in it. Yes. That's difficult. Right. But some years, two or three or, you know, all four one seeds rarely happen. But if you pick a couple one seeds, likely a couple of them are going to make it. So... But, I mean, we, we've we gone through the list before. Like, last year was the, well, the first year in, like, a long time that, like, a double-digit seed didn't make it. Right. You know, Chicago, and you just go... You know the team. Just go through the list. It was like every year there was like an eight seed or worse that made it. Well, Syracuse, Kentucky, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, and you know all the teams. Yeah, BCU, Butler. So it's, that, it's fun because it's so unpredictable. That's why I was going to ask: what team seated eight or lower? And again, we're doing this before Joe Lenardi has his latest one. latest bracketology on there. I will give you four teams. 
four I'll, teams seated eight or lower. Four teams that I think could can make the final four. Yes. Okay. Yes. Here, I'll start with the one. I'm going to go with my shocking one. Rutgers, last. of course. No, it's not Rutgers. Oh. Okay. I want to pick Rhode Island, but I'm not going to. I want to pick my Vermont Catamounts. I'm not going to. No. I would say. If you say Furman, I'm gonna punch uh, <laughs> Trump right in the face. Furman. Uh, um, it, you know what's so sad is that this year the bubble is so weak. There's so there's so many teams on the bubble that Eastern Tennessee State is a legit bubble team. Liberty is a legit bubble team. Right, right, State. They're going to win that conference, hopefully, our guy. Yep. Nicky! Nicky! They're fourth in points per game at about 82 a game. Yep. And somebody gave them a vote in the AP poll this week. Right, State? Oh, one. Uh, So here here are the teams. Uh, Purdue. They got Matt Harm. Now, okay, Carson Edwards there, they wouldn't be a 10 seed. But I've, I, yep, I, I think Purdue is one of those teams. Uh, let's see here. Eight or lower. I'll say Texas Tech. Yeah. You know, get back there again. I think they can make that run. They play really good defense. Here's the big I one. I would love to. You've oh. got Wright State versus Michigan State of four. Yep. Versus a three. I would love to see that game. Yep. I'll just give you three because uh, here, here's the other one. This would be the most shocking one, I think, of them all. Northern Iowa. Okay. Let me tell you something a little little bit something about uh, Northern Iowa. They, this is a team, you know, Ben Jacobson does a great job there. It, it seems like Northern Iowa's good like once every three to four years. This is a legit squad. They play good defense, and they can score. Kind of like San Diego State, except they're more mid-major. And if you, if they're an 11 seed, like right now, this is what their path would be. They would take on Iowa in the first round. Well, give me Northern Iowa in that one, even though I do like Luca Garza. I think that would be an incredible game. Florida State, that would be very difficult. But they could beat them. Then you play Dayton. I think you. I mean, be tough, but it's not. Yep, yeah, it's not. It's not something that that would be out of the realm of possibility. And then they play Baylor or maybe Kentucky. I. I don't want their chances. Yeah, me either. But I would say those three teams would be the one, but I would probably lean more towards Texas Tech to repeat than anything else. I put $5 on your seat call squad today to win the whole thing. Good, good man, good man. I've been on seat call for a long time. It was plus 250, it was plus 2,500, I think. Ooh, damn. I believe, or 250, 2,500, yeah, plus 2,500. I put $5 on it to win 125. I thought about putting ten to win two fifty, but I put five bucks on it to win one twenty five. So it's it's two seat in the hall. Uh, I liked Marquette last year. They yep. seem to be on the come, mm-hmm. so it's probably going to be better than an eight seed. But I like Marquette again with Marcus Howard. They were a who the hell they lost to Murray State last year. What a disappointment that was! They really 
uh, faltered down the stretch. Yeah, but Murray State had John Morant. Let's let's be real yeah. here. But they, yeah, but then they lost the next game. So, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, looking, it's probably just going to be easy to go chalk because you look at all these teams. Like, well, Jesus Christ, these teams aren't very good. There's going to be like three, four, and five seeds. You're like, well, shit, they're not good. So, I mean, where's Michigan State going to be ranked? They were third. They're out of and, uh, They're not even ranked this yeah, week. They're right. not ranked. They're like a six seed. Yeah, I, I, they'll be like a seven, I think. They're, how about like this? Illinois, like Florida is an eleven. Florida is an eleven. Florida's uh, the most disappointing team in college basketball this year. I would say it'd be Florida, cool. Michigan State, and then North Carolina in that order. I Carolina can blame. Injuries right. Maps. Yes, and that's why I wouldn't put them yeah, up. Like, I don't. I don't get what's going on with Florida or Michigan State. Um, like uh, West Virginia. Like you want to hang? I mean, they've made runs and then they've also lost some games. Yes. By the way. So yeah. as far as this is difficult to pick this right now. Yes. Very difficult for me to pick. Uh, what what you've got here? I mean, Kentucky. They're a five seed. Butler's a four. Uh, the Big East. Is really good. The ACC is not the Big Ten. I don't think they have any title contenders. They're going to get a ton of teams in, mm-hmm. but they're all going to be like four seeds or lower. They may not have a top three seed in the Big Ten. Michigan, I thought they were good. They may not even make it. Gophers aren't going to make it. Rutgers, for God's sakes, probably will. Illinois is going to make it, for God's sakes. And it's, it's, it's a very odd year. Very odd. The East bracket, right? Again, th- this is going off the February seventh uh, bracketology from Joe Lenardi. The East is uh, the most difficult one to predict because you have Gonzaga is the one seed there, but they would have to take on Texas Tech or Wichita State. Be Texas Tech. Arizona's in there. No, they Auburn. That's good. Like they're a Final Four contending team. Florida, if they piece it together, who knows? Seton Hall's in there. You know how much I love Seton Hall, and you, of course, love him too because you place money on him. And oh. you have Duke. I mean, the, that the East is. We've got four teams loaded. you would consider yes. picking for all that. Yes, absolutely. Then, in, like in the in the Midwest, I'm not going to pick Kansas. No one should pick Kansas. But you have Louisville. Oh, right. You have Louisville and Michigan State there. I mean, Penn State. Penn State might be a top four or five. Yes. Penn State, for God's sakes. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Bill and the Mary Mays will say, all right, the old reliable, Villanova. I can't we'll believe, wow, I can't believe you are saying the old reliable Villanova. You hated Villanova. Here's what I say. Here's what I say. Win a, win a national title. Okay. Be good and then win the whole thing. Okay. Virginia's in the playing game right now, so whatever, screw them. They're still going as hell. But I, I hate teams, and I think you hate teams that are good. You hate the Cubs, you hate, you know, all the teams you hate. You hate good teams. I hate teams that are good and then underachieve in the big games. To be fair, I, hate I hated the Cubs before they Virginia. won the World Series. Huh? I hate the Vikings. Yeah. Um, then would you hate Gonzaga? No, like they've been there once, and then they've been good forever now. So, but they haven't won a national championship. I don't. Know. Well, they've been there once against Carolina. That was a good game. It was fantastic. But they usually, but they're usually there. They don't lose in the second round. You know who I? Usually. You know what I really hope doesn't happen? 
that Illinois plays Stephen F. Austin. I don't want that. What about Stephen F. Austin's coaches in there? Yes. Yep, Brad Underwood. That'd be great. I don't. That'd I don't want. It. I don't want it. Um. I want. I want the SDSU matchup. I want yes. it. Yes. I think SDSU's probably going to have to lose the game to drop down to a two, because I think the Drag Rabbits are going to be a fifteen. I need that game to happen. There's a uh, Vegas would have to have a uh, over under on how many times South Dakota State gets called San Diego State. Right? I don't think you can mess it up. I don't think you can mess it up. They're both right there. Like you, it's yeah, that that'd be fun to watch because how terrible it'd be. But I do want to. Marcus apparently said on the east side of Sioux Falls there is a target. That has a San Diego State hat. It's a red hat. <laughs> it says SDSU. I really want to wear that at the tournament next next month. A red hat that says SDSU. I would really like to do that. Now, so it it's a it's it's South Dakota State, but it's red as an homage. No, no, to, it is it is it San, is San Diego, Diego State. State. It Why is San Diego State. San Diego State hat at the east side. Sioux Falls target. I have to assume that is a mistake because everything is a mistake when it yep. comes to that. Yep. It is, it is an Aztec hat, but I want to wear it. We sh- what we should do is create a hat that's like the, in San Diego State colors, but is South Dakota State's logo. That'd be great. The stupid ass Whistler said a few years ago I wore a Padres hat to a game and it said SB. Like, oh, that's too close to. It's basically South USD's logo. Because, oh, that's too close to USD. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Okay, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, because that, that brown hat is so... Or that blue hat is that screams uh, red yote color. Anyway. So good good college basketball. We'll, we'll continue to talk college basketball next week because uh, we, we keep getting closer and closer to the best time of the year, and that's March Madness, of course. Uh, Wichita State is bad now. Yes, they Houston, are. Houston watched that game yesterday. Houston blew their doors off. Yes, they did. Uh, Wisconsin blew out Ohio State. So they blew the doors off so much that a hurricane didn't even come through Houston and blew oh, Wichita State doors off. What a what a shot! What a shot for those folks. Um. So I don't have anything else. I, I will turn the floor to you if you want to discuss or talk about the XFL at all. More people stack and watch the XFL when they watch Carolina Duke Saturday night. That's a shame. How how what was the rating what was the rating for Duke Carolina? Last year I know it was the most and it like it surpassed a lot of NBA games. What was the rating on Saturday night for Duke UNC? million. That's not bad. I mean, for for college basketball game, that's good. Football, it was on network TV, I think. The first one, first game was on ABC. I think that's when they went off of. Yes. My Seattle Dragons, my Seattle Dragons, against the Washington Defenders. 3.3 million people watched that game. Woo! So... It's. I think it's going to last a couple of years because Vince McMahon is earmarked seventy million dollars to lose. Yep. Each first couple of years. I think the key thing here is all the new rule changes and what works and what the NFL is going to steal. 
and, and take for long because I think they're going to take something. You get to hear inside the replay booth. You get to hear the replay official talk through why he's making the decision and what he has seen. So I think we talk about the officials and how terrible they are. Yeah. So I think that is useful. The, uh, Do you like the kickoff after, rule? Huh? You like the kickoff rule? I like the kickoff rule. You still have kickoffs. They're not as dangerous since the receiving team stands at the 30. The kicking team stands at the 35, five yards away. The kicker kicks it like normal. And nobody can move until the returner fields the ball. So that obviously stops those big collisions when guys are running full bore 40, 50 yards. That helps the return game, so that's a positive. Game is faster. We complain about how long these games take. Games are faster. Play clocks are shorter. There's more plays. So that's helpful. Games are closer at the end because of the nine-point play. Potentially, you go for you go for one after the touchdown at the two. Set the ball at the five-yard line, you get two points. Or you set the ball at the ten-yard line, you get three points. So keeps things more competitive a little longer. And in the final two minutes, the clock stops. Five seconds roll off the play clock down to 20, and then the clock goes. So no longer do you need just two minutes to run out the clock. You need like a minute 10 to run out the clock. So it seems like you're, you're always in the game. And the betting aspect, betting is usually on the screen, the over-under, and the point total are on the screen, and... I think that's the one thing that we will see in the next few years in the NFL with more states picking up betting. The line will be on the screen at all times. Okay. It'll just be like anything else. We have Fox, they have some new graphics for the Super Bowl. I think they're going to put the, the point spread and the over-under on the screen at all times. I would think sometime in the next five years. I know the NFL is hiring like some NFL vice president of gambling or something. It's it, but it's to keep with the integrity of the game. Shut up! Your job is to make money, and people bet on the NFL. That's what your job is to do. Maximize. Well, you got to make sure you know they're on the up and up, and right. you know, for whatever reason, you know, Trump wanted Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the rules were very clear. He bet on baseball. That is against the rules. If you do so, you're banned for life. And Pete Rose has tried time and time again to get reinstated. And he thinks this Astros cheating scandal helps him. Like, he's never going to get in. The rule was don't bet on baseball, even if you're betting on your own team. That was the rule. Mm -hmm. That is the penalty. You did this, therefore you were done. So, he's never getting in, so... So there's that aspect. The gambling just going to be part of what's going to be more visible. You know, Al Michaels has said, oh, that touchdown might be important to some in a game that's a 30-point game. Yep. So Brent Musburger was very open. famous for doing that. Oh, yeah. It's out in the open now, bad beats from the best segments yes. on SportsCenter, bad beats, all of that. Yes, without question. And if you, you follow betting and you bet on games, 
and you just you follow along and you think you've got whatever you bet on, you think it's in the bag, and then something crazy happens at the end. Where it's like, what? You lose when you go, oh, I'm going to win for sure. So, yeah, betting, I mean, that's why I'm watching college basketball more now. There's I mean, a, a number of, for God's sake, Zach, and I watched too much tonight of Colgate versus Boston. I want Colgate, Boston to win Boston. the Patriot League. I think it's going to be Colgate. Colgate won. Yeah. Colgate's Colgate good. Game for the most part, won big. Huh? Col- Colgate's a good team. They could be an yeah, upset uh, upset special in March. They look like a very good high school team. A lot of light-skinned dudes that weren't very fast. So, <laughs> so, they, so that was a game that I watched too much of tonight. So, I think the gambling thing about it is going to be be the big thing. We're going to see that. I think fairly soon. Wasn't that game on CBS Sports Network? Yeah. Wow. I do get that now. I like that. I get it with YouTube TV. Good. I would say the one YouTube TV, very, very impressed, as I said numerous times, they've got all the sports. There's not one sports channel that they have that I don't want. Or that I don't have. Very good. They've got everything but the NFL Network, and I don't want that anymore. Oh. got everything else. Yeah. MLB Network, NBA TV, CBS Sports Network. Does it have NHL Network? Yes. Good. And you, you, you everything I need. You, you probably watch I, NHL Network more times than you can count. I can't say I ever have. <laughs> so there's that. So YouTube TV, very good. And um, yeah, we're, we're a month away. What are we? March seventh, and today's the tenth. So we're, we're less than a month away from a month. From the Summit League. A month from today, we will know who is representing the Summit League in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. A month from tonight. Also, one, one one more thing of interesting note to yes. wrap it up with the baseball. Yes. Um, these proposals of new playoffs. I'm not a fan of this. I saw something. What what is all of, what is all of this? They're actually looking at having. Seven playoff teams per league. Seven. The team with the best record, the one seed, gets a bye. The team with the second best record or the division winner mm-hmm. gets to pick who they want to play of mm. the three wild card teams. Mm. So last year, the Yankees would have gotten a bye. Or no, it would have been Houston would have gotten a bye. The Yankees would have got first choice. They could have picked Tampa, Cleveland, or Boston. The Twins would have been next. They would have picked one of the two remaining ones. And some other team, maybe Oakland, since Oakland was the first wild card. I think Oakland maybe get, would get to have the remaining team. I think they would play a best of three series, all games at the higher seed, and they would go from there. It's an interesting idea. Um, well, you know, the, you, who's the most outspoken player in baseball currently? Who's the most outspoken player in baseball? Yep. Justin Verlander? Okay, how about an, uh, how about another one? How about what if I said Trevor Bauer? Yeah, that would make sense. Okay, he had a tweet uh, tonight. It says, 
No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter. He didn't capitalize the T in Twitter, so that's a shame. Uh, negative points for Trevor there. Um, anyway, it says, and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. So, Trevor Bauer is not a fan of this. Uh, can't necessarily say I blame him. If they did it, I'd probably like it. It'd be kind of cool. It's, it'd be cool like, for one off. Like, it, huh? It'd be cool for a one off. It's like my proposal to scrap conference uh, records and just line okay. up the teams up one through 16. Like, that would be cool to try for one year and then see if it works, but go back to the other format for a couple of years before fully implementing the one, the ranking one through 16. This would be like for MLB. You, you want to try this out, you know, 14 teams? Sure, go for it. Uh, try it one year and then go back to the regular format until you can really solidify your new playoff format. That makes more sense. Every, every level in every sport is the same. The best team plays the worst team in the playoffs. And it's a bracket and you go from there. Sometimes you reseed, but hockey recedes. Yeah. Most of the time you don't. It's the... the the reward at the end of the year for having the best record is you get to play the best, uh, the worst team in the playoffs. This new reward, I guess, would be get a buy for a week. So it's an interesting idea. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the second wild card. It's been okay. I could do with it. Doesn't really matter to me. But this would be an interesting idea. I hope they don't do it. It sounds fairly serious. But you'd have a bunch of, like, 85-win teams. You would have had, like, Arizona and the Mets in the playoffs last year. Everybody thinks, you know, Boston had such a terrible year. Well, Boston would have been in the playoffs last year, as would have Cleveland. So you're still getting teams over 500. There may be years where there might be a team right around 500 or maybe a game or two below as that seventh team. So that's teams that low should not be in the playoffs. So... Don't do this. Keep baseball the way it is, please. Do not change all of this stuff. It's all about You're the You're not going to get dollar. any new fans. Right. You're not going to. So quit, quit trying to. It's all about the almighty dollar. If this would make them more money, then they would seriously consider it. Yes, because that's what sports needs more money. Because, <laughs> as you know, the sports leagues are hurting so much, just like the, the colleges in this in, in South Dakota hurting so much. It's like, when when do we stop with the money? When do we say, all right, we got enough money, can we just kind of, you know, just, just do good, normal stuff? It would always have to be about making more. Is that what it's all about? I mean, you would, you would like to the think human not. Race, really, really the human race in total. Is it really just all about who makes the most money or how I can make more money? It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's always nice to have more money, but there comes a point where you're like, okay, let's do something with the money now and do something, like you said, for the good, the common good. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's about all I got. Do you have anything else? I will caucus this is more disastrous. That's nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about that horrible state and we're not even going to mention new hampshire for fear of uh doing something damaging so that's tomorrow i think bernie sanders is going to win there i think bernie sanders is going to win the deal yep good and uh hope, hope to christ 
he wins this fucking election. So, um, yeah, I think Bernie Sanders is your next president, I hope. Be a couple yes. old white guys debating. Whoever, whatever, I don't, I don't give a shit who it is. It could be anybody, not, not the guy we got in there now. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, we'll see what happens in college basketball. Uh, enjoy the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, and we'll uh, be back uh, next week, my friend. Uh, any final thoughts? Mm, so you can smell it. You can smell it. That's that's Sioux City. Oh, what a shot. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> uh, we got an inch and a half of snow on Saturday. It lasted about an hour from about... Eight to nine. Huron, fifty miles north, got a foot, so we lucked out. We got Thank a God. we got a dusting in St. Cloud, uh, forty miles, fifty miles to the south in the cities. They got a foot of snow. What a storm that was! Amazing. It's just amazing. I'm a weather jinx, no doubt about it. I move and yep. don't. The storms don't hit. Storms don't hit. It's a shame. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for another summer lake blizzard. I'm hoping for some bad weather. Hopefully not when you have to drive back on Tuesday night, but um, hopefully something is just a mess, just a mess of weather. Yeah. It's going to be longer for me to actually tr- drive home this Are year. Are you going to maybe stay home? Are you going to stay Tuesday no. night? No, I'll drive home. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, okay. if I have to, uh, if it's USD and NDSU, I sure as hell am getting... Getting the hell out of uh, hell out of town as fast as I can. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. We'll, we'll see. All right, my friend. Great talking to you as always, and uh, we'll talk next week. I'll see if Baylor or Texas can maybe score fifty points tonight. That'd be great. Well, they're just taking a page out of Virginia's book. Yeah, well, we'll see next week. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Travis. All right, we'll see. You. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time. As always, great stuff there. So, yeah, we have Mookie Betts now with the LA Dodgers. We have D'Angelo Russell, now a Minnesota Timberwolf. Mark D'Antonio is resigned from Michigan State as head coach. XFL is starting. But uh, our the, the, the NBA uh, All-Star game is this weekend. So enjoy that if you do watch it. Um College basketball. That's the focus right now. March is coming up fast. And you can listen. uh, We'll have the Big March Madness podcast uh, previewing the bracket, making picks and stuff. It's the best podcast we do all year. That's coming up very soon. Uh, You can listen to that podcast and all of our podcasts of the Sports Block on podcast.com. Also follow me on Twitter at NDStacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins. Facebook, Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. No football games to pick this week. Just plenty of college basketball. So enjoy it. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Shorter edition this week. It'll be shorter next week. Fairly uh, a decent number of short ones, but uh, once the combine comes, we'll get Jeff Lloyd II uh, from the Lockdown Browns podcast to join us to talk combine. And then, of course, the draft will be here before you know it. So uh, now that Travis wants to talk about that, he wants baseball and college basketball. And that's what we will talk about. And whatever else comes about, because there's always big headlines in the sports world. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you tune in again next week. We'll see what happens in New Hampshire. We'll talk about the weather. 
and see what else we have in store. So, again, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on another amazing edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.